Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So in the meantime, we want to get into what's going on out there in the world of Second Amendment advocacy and certainly the efforts by those out there who would uh, strip us of our constitutional rights altogether. And probably an event that happened this last week, happened on Wednesday, that's gotten a lot of the gun control proponents, a lot of the gun control advocates really excited, and I think unnecessarily so, which I'll get into here in some detail. But an event that happened is that, first of all, there was an Illinois assault weapon ban, quote-unquote, and whenever I use that term, I all have people uh, send me comments on Facebook or on the YouTube chat feature. By the way, that's one thing about YouTube. If you're watching the show uh, by video, there's a chat feature, and, and and I usually keep an eye on that. In fact, last week live during the show, I was responding to some of those chat comments. But uh, what happened? And, oh, well, I started to say an assault weapon ban. And what I always hear, whether it's comments on Facebook or otherwise, People come on and say, what's an assault weapon? There's no such thing. There's no such term. There's no such definition. Well, I I agree with you in the sense that, quote, unquote, assault weapon is a made-up political term. If you you listen to the gun guy show for any length of time at all, you've heard me say that multiple, multiple times. Although it is a complete, it, it was completely inaccurate to say there's no definition. Because in 1994, when we had a so-called assault weapon ban, that bill, that law, because it was in effect from 2000, excuse me, from 1994 to 2004, it had a definition of the, the, the firearms they were talking about. It was a really stupid definition, don't get me wrong. And it basically named a bunch of cosmetic features that if a semi-automatic rifle, and in that case, a pistol or shotgun as well, uh, had certain cosmetic features, really scary features like a pistol grip or a barrel shroud. I always laugh at that one. What's a barrel shroud? It's a piece of metal that basically keeps you from burning yourself on a barrel. What the hell does that have to do with the lethality, you know, the dangerousness, quote-unquote, they always want to talk about when it comes to firearms? It has nothing to do with any of that. Uh, or a flash suppressor. Egads, now it's an assault weapon. I mean, it's a dumb definition, don't get me wrong, but the people who want to take them away from us can certainly define them because they have. They have repeatedly. And there, there was a bill that passed... The House last Congress got sent over to the Senate, didn't get a vote in the Senate, but they sure as hell had a definition of assault weapon. So don't fool yourself. Because a lot of us like to say, and it's absolutely true, to say it's a made-up political term that's nonsensical. But when it comes to defining those firearms that they want to ban, they're fully capable of defining the firearms. And what they've done in the last few so-called assault weapon bans, they've just named them by name. I'm talking make and model. And there's this big, long list of firearms saying, here's what we're talking about. In addition to naming these features of a semi-automatic firearm that make it an assault weapon, they'll say, including specifically the following models. And they've gone through and tried to name every AK, every AR by make, model, and, and, and other information to try to define what they're talking about so that the the attack on their bills, on their proposed laws as being too vague and too undefined uh, won't hold up to the extent they've named specific models that they're banning. They don't really know why they're banning them. They don't understand the technology. 
and none of it makes any sense, but they certainly are able to define them. Well, the state of Illinois and several cities and, and or villages, as they call them in, in Illinois, have banned so-called assault weapons. And what happened this last week is there is a litigation that was filed in district court, in, in federal court in Illinois, and the plaintiff in that case has the unfortunate name of Beavis, but uh, Beavis versus state of Illinois and the city of Naperville, which has its own assault weapon ban, a gentleman named Beavis sued them and said this is unconstitutional and violates the Second Amendment. And with the decision we got last year from the U.S. Supreme Court, and I talk about this case all the time because it, it really is a game changer. It is absolutely fundamentally a game changer. But the decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin creates a new definition, a new test that the Supreme Court said shall be applied by all other courts in deciding whether an attack on the Second Amendment is constitutional or not, an attack on gun rights is constitutional or not. And it's a very, very well-stated lawsuit. It's a very strong lawsuit. And in my mind, there's a very, very high chance that if this particular lawsuit ends up in the Supreme Court and is decided on the merits, meaning the full decision of all the issues in the lawsuit, <coughs> including the primary issue, which is, is this law constitutional or not, as violating the Second Amendment, that Mr. Beavis is going to win his lawsuit, and that statute will be declared unconstitutional. But what happened this week is that after first, at the lower courts, the district court went Beavis's way, and what he's asking for is a decision that the law is unconstitutional, but he also asked for an injunction, including a preliminary injunction, meaning that there be an order from the court telling the state of Illinois and any other cities within Illinois, you cannot enforce this law while the case is being litigated in full. They wanted an injunction so that the ban would be set aside at least temporarily while the full case was being decided, and then it could, there could be a permanent injunction after the case is decided on the merits. They asked for an injunction. The, the, the lower court, the district court, granted that injunction. The Seventh Circuit, though, came back, and that's the appellate court that the district court then uh, is part of the Seventh Circuit. By the way, Seventh Circuit is, is something for us to be watching very carefully because the Indiana and the, the federal district courts in Indiana are in the Seventh Circuit as well. The Seventh Circuit said, well, no, we're going to decide the appeal, but we don't agree that there should be an injunction preventing enforcement of the law while the case is being litigated. So they declined to stop enforcement of the law until the case is decided on the merits. The plaintiffs then, Mr. Beavis, asked the U.S. Supreme Court to stand in and say, oh, no, we need an emergency injunction, ask the Supreme Court of the United States to issue this injunction to halt enforcement of the law while the case is being litigated. And on Wednesday, the Supreme Court of the United States 
through Justice Amy Coney Barrett, declined to issue that injunction, that emergency injunction, telling the lower courts and telling the state of Illinois they cannot enforce this law while the case is being litigated. So what happened? The the anti-gun people, the anti-Second Amendment people, were like singing and dancing in the streets. Aha! The Supreme Court finally issues an anti-gun ruling. They're, They're supporting gun control. Clearly, the Supreme Court is going to rule for the state of Illinois and uphold this assault weapon ban. We'll be able to ban these evil assault weapons forever because the Supreme Court denied this preliminary injunction. Is that really what this means? And is there really cause for celebration by the anti-2A people out there? I mean, the Gifford campaign, the Moms Demand Action, the Bloomberg organizations, we're, again, celebrating. Aha! Supreme Court finally... Rules the right way on the two-way. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We're talking about this case where the Supreme Court uh, denied an emergency injunction. And the question is, you know, should the gun control advocates really be as excited as apparently they are? I mean, they were doing a victory lap. Aha, Supreme Court's going to rule in the gun control advocates' favor, and they're going to allow a banning of assault weapons, which should give Congress a lot of confidence in passing a similar ban. That's what you're hearing. Well, is that really what this means? No, absolutely not, 100% not. Anybody really understands the litigation process and understands how the Supreme Court works, would understand this is really not a time for anyone to be dancing in the streets thinking they're going to finally ban the most common rifles in America. And here's why. The request for injunctions and the request for emergency injunctions, that's something that the Supreme Court very, very rarely does. The Supreme Court also doesn't really like to take cases and make rulings on cases without a fully developed record, meaning the case has been fully litigated in the lower courts to where they they are dealing with decisions on the merits. They're dealing with a specific legal analysis that the Supreme Court can then rule on, not only in terms of the outcome, but in terms of the process, the analysis the reasoning that the lower courts went through to reach the conclusion that they reached. And it's just step in and say, yes, we're going to issue an injunction and stop the enforcement of this law. It's not something the Supreme Court is, is, is prone to do. They deny an incredibly large percentage of these. Where they might be interested is where there's some kind of immediate harm, where something really horrific is going to happen unless they step in. Here, you're dealing with a law where people that have these guns can keep them in Illinois under their law. They can't transfer them. They can't take them out of their homes except to take them to a gun range. The only exception to the fact that they can't transfer them is if it's part of an inheritance. So other than that, until you die, you can't transfer your gun to anyone else. And no one can sell them, including retail stores. So what are they going to do? They're going to, in their minds, slowly eradicate them because nobody can buy new ones. 
Nobody can sell the ones they already have. And you can only keep them within your family through a lawful inheritance to your heirs. So eventually the plan is to do away with them altogether through that sort of war of attrition. But in the meantime, people are hanging on to the guns they have under this ban. And I'm sure that was a big part of the Supreme Court saying, hold on, there's not this irreparable injury. That's a term you use a lot when you're arguing over injunctions in court. There's an irreparable injury that cannot be made, where a person cannot be made whole through money damages. There's irreparable harm that cannot be addressed later on. And there's a successful, or at least, excuse me, there's a high degree of success on the merits. They have to find each of those things. For any court to issue an injunction and to issue an emergency injunction makes it even more rare for the Supreme Court. So what the Supreme Court here really did is said, no, we're not going to take a look at this now. We're going to take a look at this once it's fully litigated in the lower courts. And once the lower courts resolve the issue, and they show us not only the conclusion they reached, but the analysis they went through to get there. Because Supreme Court will do will issue decisions, for instance, where they say, well, the lower courts were right, but not for the reasons they thought. <laughs> not for the reasons they said. You applied the wrong test, you reached the right outcome, but here's the right test. Here, the test that the Supreme Court ultimately will apply when it does address a, a, a so-called assault weapon ban, and they will, make no mistake, Supreme Court is going to take this case eventually. You have a justice in Justice Brent Kavanaugh who's already written an opinion for when he was on the D.C. Circuit. He's already written an opinion that says that assault weapon ban is unconstitutional, and there he was just using the analysis from back in D.C. versus Heller issued in 2008 that simply said they're commonly used for lawful purposes. It's the most commonly owned, used rifle in America. Of course, it's commonly used for lawful purposes, which the Heller case said is protected by the Second Amendment. Here now, you have Heller compounded by the decision in the Bruin case that says there's no balancing, there's no test, there's, there, there's, there's no balancing as between some so-called compelling state interest in like, oh, keeping people safe, that's what they always say. And constitutional rights. And where there's a compelling state interest, and it's just kind of a little bit of an infringement. Obviously, that's not the exact legal analysis, but that's really the way it works out. Yeah, there's some infringement there, but it's, oh, not so bad. And there's a compelling state interest. That balancing comes out. Courts will uphold, under the prior test, will uphold that infringement of the, of the Second Amendment. Supreme Court in the Bruin case just last year threw that out the window. That's gone. What do they say now? No. You look at the text, the text, history, and tradition of a particular constitutional freedom. I hear the Second Amendment. What does it say? What does it mean? Well, the Heller case told, it what it, told us what it means. And then what's the history and the tradition of what laws have been upheld? In other words, to support an assault weapon ban, the state of Illinois is going to have to go in there and say, oh, there's a long history and tradition of banning entire classes of firearms, including the most commonly owned rifles in America, dating back to before the founding of this country. How do you think they're going to fare on that? They're going to get their ass kicked. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So when the case ultimately is ruled on on the merits, 
you're going to see a much different outcome. In the meantime, if you hear gun control advocates celebrating, praising the Supreme finally a good decision from the Supreme Court, that's not what this means. That's not what this means. There will be a decision, but it's going to be, and I predicted right here on the Gun Guy Show, and hey, Producer Carl posts these. You can record it. You can keep it for all posterity. When the Supreme Court rules on a so-called assault weapon ban, it'll be a hell of a lot different. And that's going to be a ruling that sticks because it's going to be a decision on the merits 